0: A gospel lesson for this Ash Wednesday is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, starting in the first verse. I invite you as you're able to stand for the reading. It was now 2 days before the Passover and the feast of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth, and kill him, for they said not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you and wherever you want, you can do good for them. But when, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. The gospel of the Lord. Be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's it's true, we're talking about some R words this evening, for this season of Lent is a season of remembering, returning, reviewing, renewing, indeed preparing to celebrate big moments will require that kind of returning, remembering, reviewing, and renewing, as The days and weeks on these 40 days leading to Easter mark. And we mark them much like we do other big moments in our lives. Big moments that deserve attention. You know how important birthdays are to celebrate the life of a loved one. And to signify their importance in your life with a party with presents, with a special dinner and great celebration together. You know how important it is to mark an anniversary. You especially figure out that when you forget one. <laughs> it is indeed this season of Lent, a season of remembering, significance, significance, to commemorate that which has already happened, and not to forget, but yes, indeed, remember, I was looking up significant moments in our history during the month of February. But well, we can think of some right off the top of our heads, can't we? President's Day? You know we remember the good. We remember the significant leaders this February, who have gone before us. We also commemorate and remember hardship, some so it won't happen again, some to remember those who have sacrificed. So on one hand, in February, we remember, as I look at big moments uh, throughout history in the month of February, that those great presidents are celebrating their birthdays and what they've done for us. Did you also know we impeached two presidents in the month of February? St. Valentine was martyred in February. Now we also commemorate love in February. His sacrifice. Now we remember the love between couples. We also honor what God has done through the sacrifice of others. Did you know that February marks the beginning of the work of the pilots over the bombing of Dresden and the beginning of victory for World War II? Did you also know it also remembers the beginning of internment camps? There are things to remember and not forget so that we don't repeat them. There are things to remember so that sacrifice and service can be honored. And in like manner, Lent reminds us to return. To return to what has been done before us. To remember who it is that's done it. To review what our part has been. And to renew. And yes, as we will throughout the Wednesdays of this Lenten season, to renew our gaze and mindset on the one who has done it. To move our eyes on Jesus. And the ash on your head signifies another R word. Repent. Repentance. You see, while Lent isn't a festival prescribed in the Bible, it is a season of preparation with a biblical purpose. We heard it tonight in the prophet Joel. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and render your hearts and not your garments, return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and He relents over disaster. Yes, this season is a season of returning and repenting. This season began, many believe, even as early as the time of the apostles with a preparation for baptismal candidates anticipating the resurrection, a season of uh, of repentance and preparation that wasn't formalized until 325 A.D. in the Council of Nicaea. But this practice of biblical repentance, of biblical preparation... This ancient discipline for Christians has been observed for the better part of two millennia. And as we experience it again together this evening and in these days and weeks ahead, we are given in the text this night in our Gospel reading a vivid picture, a vivid example Of someone who returned with all their heart, like Joel describes. The scene, the scene in our Bibles this evening is set. It's set for us in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew. And it begins, like a lot of big moments, with a party. A party at Simon the leper's house. And we know from the Gospel of John that the person who will come and break that flask is none other than Mary, Martha's sister. Now Martha's probably there doing her thing, serving food at the party. But Mary shows up. Good friends are there gathered to honor Jesus. I mean, just think of, as I remember this scene, I always can't help but wonder what the conversation must have been like at this celebration at Simon the Leper's house. Oh, you wouldn't believe it when I was healed. And Lazarus, Martha and Mary's brother, said, well, that's nothing, Simon. You should have seen what happened to me. (laughs) It's a party that we get to peer a window into. And we discover the character And heart of those in attendance. And as we step into this scene, and just imagine what it's like. Mary shows up. She is so grateful, grateful for the healing that the Lord has brought, the resurrection that she's brought to her brother. And she comes with what some will feel like, and it seems like to some of those there at the party with reckless abandon. She doesn't just open, she busts open this alabaster jar of perfume. The modern equivalence of which some have noted is about a year's worth of wages. Some have done the math and wonder if it was maybe in today's dollars around $30,000 jar of perfume. To give you just another, one more comparison to know the significance of it, when the disciples were complaining about not being able to feed the 5,000 and all the women and children with them, they said it would cost at least 200 denarii to feed this many people, and this jar is said to be worth 300 denarii. Are you prepared to pour out that kind of sacrifice like Mary did from your heart, with thanksgiving for what Jesus has done. And if this action is a witness, then to the healing of Simon, the healing of Lazarus, then, then her sacrifice is an apologetic for the truth of the reality of who Jesus is and what he has done what He's done for Simon, what He's done for Lazarus, and what He has done for us. Her act of sacrifice is a confirmation for you and I, not about how great she is, but about who Jesus is. It's no wonder He says, and truly I say to you, wherever the Gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. That day she was simply As one commentator put it, living out her vocation, called to do the beautiful work, a beautiful thing, Jesus called it, anointing him before his burial. You see, everyone had an opinion at the party about what Mary had done. There were some dirty looks, some not so quiet whispers. They were not approving of this reckless anointing. And they were not too shy to share what they thought either. And notice the folks at the party weren't Jesus' enemies, they were his supporters. One pastor wrote, thinking about this text, it's good to give to the needy, to do good to the poor. And it is. And Jesus isn't saying it's not here. So don't get that confused in the text. And indeed, acts of love are part of the discipline of Lent. But when the incarnate Son of God, He writes, is sitting at your dinner table preparing to suffer and die for the sin of the world in just a couple days, then 300 denarii is nothing to worship at His feet. And Mary knew that. She knew as others wrote, that complete sacrifice is the only adequate expression for a life that has been redeemed by God. Compare that act of humility, that act of repentance, that act of worship with what you and I often do. We think, well, I'll try harder. I'm enough. But that enoughness only goes so far. The crisis comes when the thing that we've tried to make it be enough for us proves it isn't. Whether it's enough success, or enough love from friends or family, or enough money, or enough, and the list goes on, right? And all of those things of this world, even 300 denarii worth of perfume, can't compare to what Jesus gives. And so that draws us anew. As we strive to make our own enoughness come before the Father, we realize it is not enough. We need Jesus. And it draws us to repentance. It draws us to Jesus. There's much to be drawn out of this passage this evening from Mark 14 as Jesus forecasts his death and resurrection. But tonight, tonight, I just want you to focus on one thing. The fragrance that filled that room. The power of that moment. The emotion of it. The stunning nature of it to remember that it must have been historic, it must have been monumental what Jesus had already done for her, for her to lay out like that. And how much more then should, she, should you and I come before Him who ha, has now done such great things for us to repent, to remember, and renew our gaze upon Jesus this Lent. It's interesting that Mark in his gospel text here doesn't mention Mary's name. I think it's because he wants us to keep Jesus at the center, at the focus of our gaze. Let us keep our focus on Christ this Lenten season, our eyes on Jesus. Maybe to do that, God is calling you to a fast, like we heard in the prophet Joel, to give up something this Lenten season. Or maybe God is inviting you to give extravagantly to the poor, to the mission of Christ's work. Maybe God's inviting you to focus your eyes on Jesus through picking up one of those individual or family devotionals, or maybe one of the couple's devotionals in the fellowship hall this night, and spend time together or by yourself, in God's Word. Maybe God's inviting you to focus your eyes in worship on Wednesdays or Sundays. I hope, I do hope we can in Christ stir one another up to respond. But we remember no matter what He's calling you to do this Lenten season. Jesus has died. He's risen. And He will come again. And He is calling. The focus isn't on what you do, just like the focus isn't on what Mary did. The focus is on what Jesus has done. For friends, we don't do to get. We don't do these disciplines to get Jesus. If you'll forgive my English, he's already gotten us. And because we've been gotten, then we get to return and repent and come before Him just as Mary did. This beautiful work, this beautiful thing we did that she did was because of the beautiful work that Jesus has done. What will the aroma of the beautiful work smell like in your home, in your life, this Lent? How will your heart, as the prophet reminds us, fully return and remember? Friends, don't miss this anniversary. Don't miss this opportunity to return your eyes to Jesus. Amen.